Welcome to the Unity Works Podcast, where we'll share positive insight on today's topical and sometimes controversial topics. The discussion is shaped through the lens of unity and acceptance while focusing on our community, families, and the workplace. Life works better when we come together. Here's your host, Daryl Ross. Hello and welcome to the Unity Works Podcast. So excited that you're here. I'm your host, Daryl Ross. Today, we're talking about how to deal with haters. Yep, looking forward to this topic. But first, if you haven't already done so, please hit subscribe, share our podcast link with a friend. Really helps the channel out. Truly appreciate that. You know, I got to tell you, I'm pretty much a positive, you know, glass half full, upbeat guy. It's kind of how I am all the time. But let's be honest, no one, including me, likes to deal with haters. And if you saw the video of me talking about this episode, I mentioned that I receive hate about this podcast. So I'll be transparent. I'm going to share it with you right now. This is what was said about the podcast in the reviews section. So this uh, person who, who I don't know just said this, boring listen. I've gotten better advice from my mom. True story. You know, look, I don't know him. He obviously thinks I'm boring. The podcast is boring, but this is what I said back. You ready? Here we go. I said, great. You should definitely listen to your mom more. <laughs> you see my point? I was not going to emotionally invest in his comment. See, the foundation of this entire episode is don't emotionally invest in haters. In other words, don't let them hijack your joy. See, that's the only power that they have. I thought about the person's comment, and in my mind, it's a guy. It could be a girl, but it's a guy. And I'm thinking, he actually listened to my podcast enough to where he realized it was boring to him anyway, and then he took the time to write about it. See my point? A person like that, their whole point is just to shed hate. You know, I've actually watched some things on television or listened to things that I don't really care for. You know, maybe it's boring. Maybe I don't like it. Whatever reason, I move on. The last thing I'll do is listen to the entire thing or watch the entire thing, then go out of my way to write a review about them, how boring they are. But some people are just that way. So I think the bottom line is haters are part of our fabric. This is kind of how it is, especially in the social media era. So whenever you put yourself out there, whether online, in the workplace, maybe in a relationship, you're vulnerable. And haters know that. They just live for that moment. So it really matters that we understand how we process haters' comments. Truly. See, some comments really aren't hate, but we're interpreting hate in our minds. And the interpretation is rejection. See, the comment comes across as rejection. And that's why it stings. So as I was researching for this episode, I realized there are really four different types of comments that we can interpret that creep into rejection. And really, you want to not only review and consider for yourself, definitely share with your children. So here are the four types right now. So the first one is the neutral comment. The best way to describe this, like think if you've been at work and maybe you were in charge of a project initiative, maybe you spoke up in the meeting about something and no one really supported you. 
or your thought process. They didn't raise your pom-poms, right? They didn't say anything negative either, but you definitely didn't feel the love with your stance on the project or initiative. Now, look, that's not a negative comment, but it is what I call neutral. And sometimes we feel as if that were something that attacked us, that no one supported me. And really just maybe people weren't feeling the exact same way as you did. Maybe whatever it was, was not as enthusiastic for them. But bottom line is it was more of a neutral comment, but that can turn into what feels like rejection to us. Second one is constructive criticism. I love that one. First of all, no one likes constructive criticism. I prefer just feedback. So don't say constructive criticism because the second word is the most powerful, right? The criticism part. So it always comes across like you're tearing apart what you are seeing or what you feel about it. And that sometimes creeps into rejection for the person receiving that. Number three, a negative comment. Now this one stings. There's no two ways about it. You can hear a critic talking about maybe an actor or an actress, maybe someone in sports world, even in our everyday lives at work or our families, negative comments can sting. I was reading online recently where some fellow comedians were speaking negatively about Kevin Hart, the comedian. Now, whether you like Kevin Hart or not, really doesn't matter as much. The point is, it was surprising to me because a lot of them were saying comments like, he's not that funny. And I'm like, really? Well, you may not like his type of comedy or his humor. You can't say he's not funny, but they would go right down that negative path. So those are negative comments. The last one is a hateful comment. And here's the difference. I think haters go at you personally. They may comment on the way you look, color your skin, hair, your, your body. Bottom line is it really digs much more personal. Matter of fact, even though I kind of said it was a hater, the comment made to me about it's a boring listen, you know, I've gotten better advice from my mom. That was just more of a negative comment to me. I thought he was being a jerk, right? The whole better advice from my mom line. I mean, he wanted to know and kind of put the dagger in. I didn't take it personally. I kind of feel like he probably does that to everybody or everything he witnesses or listens to. But bottom line is, that's how it comes across to us. And any one of those, whether it be just a neutral comment, constructive criticism, a negative comment, or a hateful comment can feel like rejection. So hear me on this. It's possible all four types can be internalized at a much deeper level. So first of all, who's dealing with hate? Maybe it's you. And you realize that you personally struggle dealing with rejection. So keep listening. But maybe it's not you. So take a moment and think about your loved one. Could it be your husband, your wife? Could it be someone in your family? Could it be even your child? How did they handle rejection? So we're going to get some tips coming up. So keep listening. I just think it's really important. Not only do we understand how to navigate haters, but truly share 
with our children. And my daughter recently launched a couple of videos on YouTube. She's 12 years old and she's reviewing some things. She did some reviews of certain cookies or some electronics. And a lot of you, thank you, by the way, just commented and gave us some really kind words and feedback. And I know my wife and I warned her that don't be surprised if someone tries to take a negative comment your way. So we use the opportunity to kind of share that's the world we live in. So just researching for this episode, I've learned dealing with haters or rejection can be much more challenging than I first thought. So what we don't want to do is say things like, hey, get over it, or we all deal with rejection, so too bad, or you're weak-minded, who cares what they think? Those kind of comments, quite frankly, aren't helpful. And maybe you can handle it that way, which is fine. But it's much more difficult, especially for someone that's young, to navigate that. So here are my top four on how to deal with haters. Definitely share with your kids. Number one, accept that there are haters, but don't internalize their comments. I'll say it again. Accept that there are haters, but don't internalize their comments. Like I said earlier, don't let them steal your joy. Max Lucado, great quote, says, Conflict is inevitable, but combat is optional. In other words, don't give them the power. The way you react is everything. All they're trying to do is get a rise out of you. And that's it. So even sharing with our daughter, Jennifer and I kind of talked her through how some people, their whole goal, just like how your goal is to shoot a funny video or interesting video or informative video to help and serve people, some people, their whole goal is just to make you feel bad. Their whole goal is to send a message that is negative. So it helps if you already know in advance that, hey, there are haters. That's their whole job. It's our job how we respond. So don't internalize their comments, right? Number two, develop positive self-talk. Now, that's been hitting our culture more and more self-talk and positive self-talk. And I realized that here's the question. You ever talk to yourself? I mean, be honest. Do you literally talk to yourself? I know I do. I mean, sometimes I talk to myself so bad, my lips are moving. I'm literally making sentences. And kind of funny, Jen will walk in the room sometimes and let me keep talking to myself. And then she'll interrupt me and go, who are you talking to? <laughs> I'm like, talking to myself, you know, leave me alone. But the point being is we are in constant conversation with ourselves. So what are you saying to yourself? If you want to deal with haters, then you have to deal with you first. Look, I've heard friends and family, I'm sure you have to make comments you know, kind of under their breath or even just out loud. And they'll say things like this, like, I'm such a loser. Or I hate when I do that. Or I'll never be enough. Look, gang, all that self-deprecating, negative self-talk sets you up for struggle with haters. Because look, you end up without realizing it, justifying what they say because you've been saying negative comments to yourself for years. So make the shift, develop positive self-talk. And I tell you, it will feel weird at first because you kind of feel like you're making it up. Keep going, all right? Say things like, I can do it. Or I love this one, that was challenging. You know, I've been doing that one for a few years now. So, and this is great for adults because adults, we love to kind of 
over-exaggerate what happened at work or over-exaggerate that situation with a colleague or someone in your family, right? We'll go, that was devastating, or she's trying to destroy me, or whatever it is. And just say, that was challenging. And it really kind of just lowers the temperature. It's amazing what happens. This is kind of funny. True story. I said this, the devil doesn't know I'm stubborn. As a true story, let me explain what happened. So I was upstairs in my office working on a video course project, and I was struggling with the platform. I could not get it to work. I'd load a video, it'd freeze, it wasn't loading properly. I mean, it took forever. I was so frustrated. And finally, and I don't know what made me say, I guess the Holy Spirit jumped in me, and I literally said out loud in my office by myself, out loud I said, the devil doesn't know I'm stubborn. True story. And I started cracking up laughing. I was so excited. I went downstairs and told the family what I had done because you know what happened? It empowered me. So I went back upstairs and got back on my video project. And guess what? It worked. I don't know what it was. I literally just put it out there that I'm not going to let the devil steal my joy, steal my passion, because I almost felt like he was trying to sabotage what I was doing because my video course could potentially help people. And I was kind of like, that's the last thing devil wants. So I kind of said, the devil doesn't know I'm stubborn. And guess what? I'm certain the devil didn't like that. All right. So it's the same thing with a hater. Like, just go, look, haters don't know I'm stubborn. I'm going to stick with it no matter what. It really is empowering when we think of more positive self-talk. Number three, this is when it's a little more serious, but when necessary, seek counsel. Look, I'm not suggesting that you get one negative comment and you immediately go to counseling. I'm simply saying that sometimes our friends, parents, family, spouse can lay down hate in the soil of our relationships and it makes it much more difficult. I say break the cycle. Seek counseling. I never forget, I went to counseling with my wife, not for any relationship or hate situations. It was because we had a third miscarriage early on in our marriage, and it was a struggle. And so my wife emotionally was wanting to go to counseling to help us navigate that. And I'll be honest, I didn't want to go. I thought, hey, I'll go to support my wife you know, be a good husband. So we walk into counseling and after a few comments to my wife, the counselor looks at me and goes, so Daryl, how are you doing? And I got all teary eyed and broke down crying. I guess my point was I had no idea I was holding all this emotion inside and the same thing can happen for you. So just look, break the cycle, seek a professional, but also there might be a more serious condition going on. And I researched this. It's called RSD. stands for Rejection Sensitive Dysphoria. This is an extreme emotional sensitivity by the perception of being rejected or criticized by important people in your life. So if you've ever met someone who seems to just really take negative comments really hard or just neutral comments really hard. Well, there might be a possibility of RSD in their life. It might also be triggered by a sense of falling short. You know, they have their own high standards or expectations and they fall short and they just explode with the emotion and it is challenging for them. So again, that is rejection 
sensitive dysphoria. And by the way, little background for you, the word dysphoria comes from a Greek word that means hard to bear. So people who have RSD just don't handle rejection well. By the way, Dr. William Dotson, he's a board-certified adult psychiatrist. He says, if your child or you have been diagnosed with ADHD, there is a huge link of RSD as well. So, you know, many of us might look at someone who's struggling in this area and might think, hey, come on, get over it. You know, why are you lingering in that so much? Don't underestimate that maybe there might be something more intense happening in their life and RSD could be part of the challenge. So if you think this might be an area or a challenge in your life or your child, seek a mental health specialist. It's really helpful for you and your child. It can give you some answers. But also, there's a free online test offered by attitudemag.com. I'll put the link in the description. It's free. You answer some questions and they give you kind of a a rundown of where you are when it comes to navigating rejection. So I, I took it myself. I think it's really interesting because look, we all navigate this differently. I came up in the era of just get over it, deal with it. And I've learned more and more now that, you know what, first of all, everyone's not like me or like my family, how I came up. And second of all, things are much more intense now. So it's worth a chance to kind of learn more about it. So definitely check it out. The link is in the description. And finally, number four, change your focus. What you focus on is your reality. So look, I'm going to take you all to church for a minute, all right? So hang with me. I think part of changing our focus is mentally shifting from what haters say about you and focus on what God says about you. I'm going to give you two pieces of scripture here. So first one I want you to hear is Psalms 139:14. And this is, "I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made." Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. To give you some background, that's David speaking, and he's speaking about just being overwhelmed with God's goodness and love and joy and majesty and how intricate, detailed, and unique he made every single one of us. I think it's fascinating that God knows every single hair on your head. And when you think about yourself from that point of view, it's really hard for a hater to destroy your joy because God made you. The second piece of scripture I'm going to give you is what I call a life verse. You know, the more you go to church or read the Bible or hear a message online, you might resonate with certain scripture more than others. And that happened to me. So I was speaking at a youth service in Virginia at church. And so I'm preparing the message and I'm, you know, putting in stories and definitely putting in scripture where it, you know, makes the most sense. And so I found some scripture that I was originally trying to share for the youth in the congregation. These are teenagers, but I connected with this verse. And ever since, I just call it my life verse. And it's from 2 Timothy 1 through 7. And it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. I just love that verse. I love thinking that God made us. He made you. He made me to not be fearful, to be bold and stand in power and love and sound mind. And when you think of things like that, what can a hater possibly say to you? I mean, think about that. Like, whatever you're going through, whether it be 
a negative comment, something in your family, something on the job, or maybe you feel a little bit, you know, belittled or just a little depressed. Think of how God sees you, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Just love that verse. So here's a quick recap of how we can deal with haters. Number one, accept that there are haters. Remember what Max Licato said, conflict is inevitable, but combat is optional. So the, the key caveat here is don't internalize their comments. Don't let a hater steal your joy. Number two, develop positive self-talk. What are you saying about you? Number three, when necessary, seek counsel. It's truly helpful when a professional can walk you through some best practices on how to navigate negativity in your life. But also, if you think it's a little further, more RSD is hitting your life or your child. That's rejection-sensitive dysphoria. Seek a mental health professional. And number four, change your focus. Shift from what haters say about you and focus on what God says about you. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. God has not given you a spirit of fear. So keep that in your heart. Keep that in your mind. I hope you notice that the success in dealing with haters is all about you. See, we didn't talk about what you should say back to them on Twitter or on Instagram, your rebuttal. No, because that isn't the power. The way you truly deal with haters is for you to build up you. Sorry, haters. I bet you hated this episode. But for the rest of you, please hit subscribe and share with a friend. Life works better when we come together. Talk to you all next week.